chapter, the apostle makes some very practical statements about what grace looks like in the life of the believer. And uh, he's, he's given us a great foundation in the first couple of chapters of Galatians. And now he's going to, starting in chapter 4 and on through Galatians chapter 6, he's going to get very practical. At the end of this chapter, there's a little bit of both. There's some great theology. He gives us some profound truths about the nature of grace, but then he goes on to apply it and what it looks like in our lives. I just want to read this passage um, starting at um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male, female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Listen, one of the wonderful things that grace does for us is it eliminates barriers. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Grace is about freedom. Grace is about deliverance. Grace is about the opposite of bondage. It's, it's a reality. It's an experience of Christ's power in our lives. That's what he's talking about. And the first thing I want us to see that the Apostle says is that grace eliminates barriers between God and us. That's what it does. You see, sin separates the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. Now that's a word that the apostle uses in this letter and in this section four or five times. You are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. In another section of scripture, Paul says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's a power-packed word. All. Oh, it's a tiny little word in the original, but it has enormous impact in our lives. All have sinned. All have found themselves, because of our response to God, separated from him. That's the problem. That's the big problem that God addresses in his son, Jesus Christ. But you see, grace comes in the person of Jesus Christ and eliminates that barrier. We put on new clothes in Christ, as the apostle says. Listen, back in the garden, back in Genesis chapter 3, there's a great story and, and you're probably mostly familiar with it. It was, it was a beautiful picture. God created this amazing place to have a relationship with his creation. Namely, Adam and Eve. And the three of them were to commune in perfect relationship in this amazing place of perfection and relationship. The problem is, Adam broke covenant with God. His response to God was off the mark. All have sinned and come short. He came short of God's vision for that experience. He sinned against the Lord. He broke covenant. And the problem is, you see, that's what happens. We separate ourselves from God, and grace eliminates that separation. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 that God came back. He came back into the garden, and he came back for his walk with Adam and Eve. That, that's God's heart. 
Do you know that? That's God's heart. God's heart is to be in a relationship with you, such an intimate, genuine, authentic relationship with you that he can have a walk with you. He can be in fellowship with you. He can have conversation with you. He can provide for you. And then he comes back into the garden. Even after this horrifying kind of mistake that Adam commits, God comes back into the garden. He's on a walk, but he can't find him. He can't find Adam and Eve. Now, can you imagine if the holy, perfect, almighty creator God is willing to come down, rub shoulders with and commune and be in relationship with something so crazy below his holy standard, that is, of course, Adam and Eve, that's you and me. Why can't I? Why can't you? Why can't we? Why can't our families? Why can't our children? Why can't we overcome those things that separate us? The barriers come up because of our response to God. But God comes. He, he, he walks in. He speaks into the separation. He comes into the shame. He, he comes right into the nakedness and all of that situation that is created by the separation. And he offers grace. God gives them new clothes. <laughs> he, he gives them clothes. He takes care of the problem. They were hiding in the trees. And there's a new wardrobe. It's a wardrobe of grace. They've been restored. You see, that's what Paul meant when he said, He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. That's grace. We have a new identity in Christ. We're given a new wardrobe of grace in Christ. We're all, all children of God in Christ. And so grace eliminates the barrier between God and us. That's what it does. There's no more barrier when you're in Christ Jesus. But there's a second thing that grace does, and this is what the apostle says. Grace eliminates barriers between us and people who are not like us. Look at verse 28. In, in verse, uh, Galatians chapter 3, um, he says, listen, um, God, God did this uh, for you. Um, verse 26, let me say, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ uh, in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Now listen to this. There is no longer Jew or Gentile. There's no longer a difference between someone who's Jewish and someone who's Gentile if they're both in Christ. He eliminates the barriers between ourselves and those who are not like us. There's no longer slave or free if you're in Christ. That's a socioeconomic barrier. There's no, there's no longer a barrier between someone who lives on this side of the track as opposed to someone who lives on the other side of the track. If you're in Christ, there's no barrier. Even gender. No difference. Male and female. This is before Christ. <laughs> when Jesus came onto the scene, the Pharisees were all about religion. They, they were the big, the big religious guy. The, 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 we are the men. We are the elders. And women were held in a very low regard until Jesus came onto the scene. And he removed the barrier. And he elevated these women to places of honor. He ministered to them. He gave them positions of, of grace and honor. And he cared for them, and he met their needs. He talked to them. There's no barrier in Christ. No Jew or Gentile, nor, no slave, nor free. No, there's no barriers between myself and those who are very different from me, or, 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 or who I am, or what my experience is. If, if, we're, if we're all in Christ, God, God's grace eliminates barriers. Barriers. 
Let's see, our whole world is made up of prejudices. Some are overt, painfully offensive. Others are more subtle, subtle and, and even acceptable. And somehow there's no difference even in the church. I can remember when I was a little boy, this was when we lived in Chicago. I was probably kindergarten. I was taught a song. It, it went like this. Jesus loves the little children. How many remember that song? Right? Yeah, you all sang. All the children of the world. I just stopped there. I got to think, what does that mean? Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. <laughs> Who are all these children of the world? Well, then the next line kind of explains it. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Kind of a nice song. That's a nice ring to it. <laughs> Just kind of wondered, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like I grew up. I went to Dallas Seminary. I'm, I'm, I'm 28 something or other. I'm going to seminary. I want to be a pastor. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm in class with all these students from all over the world. And I got to talking to one of my friends from Korea. And he's going to be a pastor too. Only he's going to train up here. He was going to train up here. And then he was going to go back to Korea. And he was going to train up new pastors in, in Korea. Because the church has exploded in Korea. And, and we were talking about music in the church in America. And he said, you know what? I have a question about a song that you sing. I said, oh, really? What is it? He said, well, this is... Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. I said, I, mean, I know that song. He said, do I look yellow to you? <laughs> that was a really good question. No. I kind of looked at you, you don't look yellow. What do you mean by it? That's a, that's a category of suffering. It's in our own minds. Red and yellow, black and white, all. See, that, that, that's, that's a human. Those are separations that come as a result of the human response to God's gift of grace. That's not, that's not in God's vocabulary. He said you are all children of God. There's no separation. There's no Jew. There's no Gentile. No barbarian, no slave, no free, no, no male, no female, no distinctions in Christ. You are all one as recipients of this wonderful grace the problem is for generations now, especially in the Christian church, probably the last four or five decades, these distinctions have become much more heightened. We have all these categories, the haves and the have-nots. <laughs> and the more I read and understand Christian posts and, 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 and kind of make my way into all this cultural research, you begin to see the the startling, weakening impact of the evangelical gospel on, on this culture. And I'm more convinced now than I ever was that Galatians is more for us than it ever was for them. And we separate ourselves. One researcher I read said this, a conservative church, especially in the Bible Belt, operate their families, raise their children, and manage their ministries motivated primarily out of a principle of fear. Fear that they will somehow become influenced by the world rather than their generation 
of children penetrating the darkness with the light of Christ that is in them. So that the red and yellow, black and poor, or red and yellow, black and fringe, or the red and yellow, black and dysfunctional, or the red and yellow, black and high risk, or the red and yellow, black and Muslim, or the red and yellow, black and illiterate, or the red and yellow, black and gangster, or the red and yellow, black and tattooed, keep a safe but missionary distance from our precious little ones. And it's an offense to the gospel. It's a barrier. But grace comes, Paul says, right here. You are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. There, there are no distinctions. There are no barriers. Grace are us. It's who we are. If you're in Christ. Now the final thing that I want you to see in this great passage is that grace renews the, the promise of blessing to all the nations. Now back in Genesis chapter 12, if you want to turn there, you don't have to, but I want to read this great promise that God gave to Abraham because Paul invokes these words in this section of Galatians. And so it's going to be helpful, I think, to, let it, to look at it. This is the promise that God gave to Abram back in Genesis chapter 12. Listen to these words. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your family, and go. Remember that word. Go. Go to the land that I will show you. I will make you great. I will bless you and make your name famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Literally, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. I will bless those who uh, bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families, that's this word ethnos, ethnic groups, everyone on earth will be blessed through you. That's the promise. And in this letter, in this, in this section of Scripture, where, where Paul is trying to explain to everyone that there are no more distinctions, he invokes this covenant, and he says, listen, the promise, the promise now is for you, and the promise is blessing to all the nations through you, through the church, because of Christ. The riches of heaven are now yours. You are an heir, he says. You are an heir of the promise. His power, his glory, his intellect... His spirit, his wisdom, the protection and provision of his angelic hosts. Imagine that. Everything that belongs to Christ belongs to you, and there are no distinctions. How about that? That ought to be really good news. Had a very um, deep and compelling conversation, theological conversation the other day with Jonathan, my seven-year-old. He started to develop a little fear of going to school. Because you see, now when you pull up to the schools in Vigo County, and it's probably a good thing, there's, there's, there's a presence. Either the sheriff is there or someone from the Terre Haute Police Department is there. The cars are there parked, and there are armed individuals at the doors. It's a different, it's a different world. When I grew up in Vigo County, the sheriffs were at the Dunkin' Donuts. Now they're in the schools. And so Jonathan has picked up on this. And so a, a, a fear has emerged because of the reality of the world that we live in. 
And so we just sat down. I said, I want to talk about this a little bit, Jonathan. Let's, 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 think, about, let's think about this from what we know and what we believe. And I said, do you believe that God loves you? Yeah, I believe that God loves you. Do you believe that God can do anything? Yeah. Do you believe that God sent his son Jesus to be your savior and he's in your heart? Yeah, I believe that. I said, do you know what Jesus does in the heavens during the day? I never really thought about that. But I said, do you know what Jesus does? One of the things that Jesus does is he presides over the armies of the hosts of heaven. He's the commander of the armies of the angelic hosts of heaven. That's what Jesus does. He's the commander. He, he has control. He's, he's the commander of all the armies of heaven. Just millions upon millions of warrior angels who are in the heavenly places. And their responsibility is to come alongside those who have called upon his name in faith. Do we really have anything to fear? We're, we're heirs of the promise to Abraham. And one of the promises is the riches of heaven in Christ Jesus. And one of those great gifts that he's given to us is this immense and mind-boggling protection. The hosts of heaven. Can you imagine that? And that's just one. That's just one. But not only are we heirs to the promise, you are emissaries of his grace. He says to these Galatians, you are his heirs, at the end of verse 29, but also God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. What was God's promise to Abraham? All of the earth will be blessed through you. And so the covenant becomes a command. Jesus stood on this planet and he said to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And the same thing that God said to Abraham, he said to the church, go. Therefore, go. And make disciples of who? All nations. All nations. Because all the people of the earth, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. This covenant becomes a command. Go into all the earth and make disciples of all nations. He did not say, listen, all authority in heaven has been given unto me and heaven and earth. So now go and make disciples of the people who you feel most comfortable with. He didn't say all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Now therefore go and make disciples of the people who look like you, dress like you, talk like you, smell like you. He didn't say that. He said all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Just like he said to Abraham, therefore go. The gift is yours in Christ Jesus. You receive the inheritance, the promise of all of the riches in Christ Jesus. But the responsibility is to go and be emissaries of that grace to all nations. There is neither Jew, there is neither Greek, there is neither rich, there is neither poor, there is neither upper white middle class, there is no lower class, there is no slave, there is no free, there are no gender gaps, there are no socioeconomic gaps. The commission is to go, to be a light unto the nations. Because you've been a recipient of his grace. Isn't that great?
There's mind-boggling sadness in Vigo County today. I dare not even speak of it. If you're in the public school and you, and you, and you, and you have relationships with people who have these children, there, 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 there is mind-boggling struggle, deep pain, silent, unseen battles, and it's real. And these are people who need the grace that is yours in Christ Jesus. They don't need a sermon from me. They don't need you to wave your Bible at them. You know what they need? They need you, full of grace and truth, to go into their experience, to go into their garden, to find them hiding in the trees and wrap your arms around them and say, listen, he gave me grace, he gives you grace. And be an emissary of that grace to the, whether they look like you, act like you, whatever they, that is the need. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. The whole earth. Teenagers, the God of heaven needs you on the front lines, wherever you are, using your gifts, wherever you are, flexing your intellects, wherever you are, playing your sports, wherever you are, using your instruments and playing your music, the God of heaven, the creator of the universe needs you to be salt and light, to not operate out of fear. He has the armies of the hosts of heaven at, ready to come to your aid. You have nothing to fear. The response is to go, to speak his name, to invite them into your homes, to invite them to your youth groups, to do whatever it takes to give them something other than what the world is giving them because it's not the real deal. It's not the real deal. And where does all this goodness come from? comes from the cross because at the cross there are no distinctions it doesn't matter what your address is what your education is what the color of your skin is or what someone else thinks the color of your skin is it doesn't matter because your need is a savior and your Savior met you on the cross. And there are no distinctions at the cross, at the foot of the cross. <laughs> there are no barriers. And if you have been a recipient of the grace that is in Christ Jesus, you are under command to be a conduit of that grace. to the people who need it most. And we are under command as a ministry, as the church, as the body of Christ, to go and make disciples of all nations. <laughs> wow. What a vision. 
I don't know all of you. I know most of you. I know some of you, I guess. You're amazingly gifted and talented. You have more relationships and ties and connections with people. It's just amazing what God has done. That is, that is God's plan. He needs you there. These people are really hurting. They need a savior. They don't need a label. They need a family who's willing to go into the smoke and not worry about it. Just don't even worry about it. Just go <laughs> and bring grace. Let's pray. God, I know there's, I know There are deep needs, not just here, but out there in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our, on our teams, in our office places. There are people who just are struggling. They're, they're under the cloud or they're just confused. Their marriages are breaking. Their hearts are breaking. I just ask God that somehow in your grace, by your power, you would use your children, all your children, to be compassionate emissaries of grace. Remove the barriers in my mind, in all of our minds, Lord, even in the church. Just remove them. Take them away that we might be abundantly available and useful for you. For the praise and glory of your name, we ask it. Amen. You might need to come to the foot of the cross this morning. Bring, bring a need. Maybe bring your need for a Savior. Just to receive Jesus Christ by faith. Just say, you know what? I'm tired of living like this. The bottom dropping out all the time. Going alone. Listen, I'm done with that. I'm done with the marriage that just kind of clunks along because there's no freedom. There's no trust. Come to the cross. The foot of the cross and say, Lord, I need that grace. I need that new start today. You can come and receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Let's stand and sing together.
just want to thank you for being here. I just want to close with a time of prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, God, I just want to thank you, Lord, um, just for what you did for us on the cross, Lord, um, for meeting us where we were um, and where we are, God. I pray that um, we would leave here changed, we would leave here in love with you more. Um, God, if if there's people here that that don't know you, that they wouldn't leave here um, without making that decision, without coming to you, um, they wouldn't hesitate to ask um, anybody here just for help, God. In your son's name we pray, amen. You're dismissed, thanks a lot.